It's the 6th of May, 2021. So practicing to train our minds is the most important thing. As we see that all of us want cleanliness. With our clothing, uh, we clean those in order to make them clean. And our houses, uh, we make them tidy. The monastery is the same, the monks' huts, the dharma hall. Uh, we clean these in order to make them tidy, to make them clean. And we see that this is something that's very important. With food, it's the same. We all want clean food. And if there's any restaurant where we know that the food is unclean, then no one will go to eat there. In these days, cleanliness is even more important than it has been in the past. Isn't that the case? That all of us, we wash our hands with alcohol frequently. You see that the air that comes out of people's lungs, it's unclean, so we wear masks. If people are coughing, then we're very cautious around them. And we're cautious. If we cough, we don't want to give our dirty things to other people. So there's this current crisis, an economic crisis, the crisis of the pandemic, and people are trying to protect themselves as best they can. So even though we may get a vaccine, we still shouldn't be heedless. We should put effort and have caution and try to protect ourselves well. This is in terms of our bodies, but what about our hearts? Well, these hearts, they need to be clean too. We see that throughout the space of just one day, they receive so many sense impressions, and the mind changes very quickly. When it receives a sense impression, it sees something or hears something, for instance, that provokes anger, then the mind becomes angry. When we experience something that provokes greed or delusion, then the mind becomes greedy, it becomes deluded. And this happens extremely quickly. And so when the mind can change so fast like this, if we don't train our minds, if we don't prepare, then it'll just be like this all the time. That last lifetime, it was like this. Last year, last month, yesterday, it was this way. And if we don't train ourselves, don't train our minds, then it'll be like this in the future as well. The mind will be pushed around by all these sense impressions. Next lifetime, next year, next month, tomorrow. And this is because we always have this feeling of me, the self, the sense of self, of me and mine that comes up. And so we train our minds to make them better and to see the drawbacks in having a heart that is stirred up, that's frantic, that's unsettled, and see the benefit of training these minds. But it does require effort. Even though it may be a bit difficult to bring the mind to a peaceful state, but that's just normal because it's something that we're not yet able to do, something that we haven't trained ourselves in so much. And so it's natural that it's tough. Just like how when we study something that we haven't studied before, then it's difficult for us to understand that, to pass our exams. To be able to pass both the theory and the practical aspects of that particular subject, it's tough. 
And so training our minds is the same. But the mind that is already well-trained brings happiness to us. And so it's normal that these minds have delusion covering over them and holding sway over them. And they go and follow after their moods, emotions, these sense impressions. And then we speak based upon our moods. We think something, and then after thinking that, we say something based upon that, or we act based upon it. And uh, this is what it's like for people who don't have any mindfulness. And we could say that they're similar to common animals. These people who are thick with defilements, putujanas, and don't have any mindfulness looking after their hearts. And this is a state that is really, really dangerous. But for those people who have virtue, who have moral integrity, then they're in a better state than this. They're ones who have beautiful hearts and have trained their minds to one level already. That before they act, they think about it first, they contemplate first and ask, well, is this a virtuous action? Is it something that's going to be within the bounds of morality? And these are also people who have a sense of sacrifice as well. So we see that now, even though we're in the middle of this economic crisis, there are many people in Thailand who are sacrificing and giving things up. And this is true not just in Thailand, but all over the world as well. There are many people who have great goodness in their hearts, who are generous, and that's just a normal way of being for them. They see others go through difficulty, And they have this intention to wish to help them out, to share what they have with others. See other people lacking in medicine, and they give them medicine, lacking in any of the four requisites, and they help them out. And this is true as well with doctors and nurses uh, during this time. They're sacrificing so much, so much of their own personal happiness, in order to help patients. They have this great kindness and compassion in their hearts. In Thailand and many other countries, people are helping each other out in this way. And we see that loving-kindness, metta, really is this quality which supports the world. And we see that danger, it's coming close to us. It's a very dangerous thing, and what that is, is old age, sickness and death. Before, I once read about death contemplation giving comparison to say that, say if we receive news that there are four mountains in the four cardinal directions, and these are steadily closing in, rolling towards us, crushing and destroying everything, all the beings in their path. And in seven days, these four mountains will reach where we are, and there's no way that we're going to be able to escape. There's no hope then what should we do? We should uh, develop goodness. For those people who are not yet generous, then they should become generous people. For those who are already generous, then they should be even more generous. We should keep our sila, our virtue, better. We should really do a lot of chanting, a lot of meditation. And make sure that when we die, it's just the body that dies. It's not a heart that dies, because we are devoted to building up goodness.
So a sage once said that even though our bodies may be beautiful, this beauty, it only stays with us for half of our life. But the goodness that we create, that stays with us for much longer. The health of these bodies, that they may be strong, our brains may be functioning well, but that only stays for half of our life. But the goodness that we create, this stays throughout the whole of our life, and not just this life as well, but it also goes and stays with us into our future lives. And so in developing goodness, what we do is we give up harmful acts, now this papa, and we develop virtue. We sacrifice, we're generous, and we develop our minds. See that even though the kilesas arise very frequently, but this happens in the present moment, and they come up in the present moment and cover over our hearts. And it's not like wrapping something with wrapping paper, for instance, that stays for a long time, but these kilesas, they're just temporary. When the mind experiences a sense of pressure, then these kilesas, they come up right then and cover the heart right then. So we could say that if we eat a lime and we experience the sourness of that, and then clinging comes up immediately, liking and disliking come up right then. And so we look with mindfulness right here to the present moment, how the mind clings right here in the present moment, and we abandon it right here as well. And we're able to abandon these things. So we look where it is where we have clinging, and we abandon the clinging right there. And we train our minds to be better, to develop, from the state of Bhutujana, someone thick with the defilements, to a Kalyanachana, one with a beautiful heart. But what about a noble being, one who is far away from the enemy, far away from kilesas? What these kilesas really are is the attachment that we have towards me and to mine. So the Buddha taught, and very clearly, that we should abandon this attachment through wisdom. And so we use this wisdom, we cultivate this wisdom. But in order to get that, we need the foundation of samadhi and of virtue as well. So we need to train our minds first to have this samadhi, to have mindfulness. And even though sometimes we may work throughout the entire day, but we need to find occasions where we can put that work down and then come and rest and contemplate and see that there really is no me, there's no mine. Look at all physicality or mentality and understand that these are both empty, that there really isn't anything there. Everything is empty. Absolutely everything is empty. Emptiness is here within this world. So if we see things with our eye, then we should contemplate what it is that we're looking at and see it as just being something empty. And we see the truth of it right there. So even though we may see things physically, but there's also a deeper knowledge there within our hearts that these things are anatta, they're not self. We see the conventional nature of them, and in doing so, we experience liberation. We see with wisdom 
And this knowledge comes up and accumulates little by little. When we see this little by little, then our mind becomes empty little by little as well. So we do this continuously, every single day. Be contemplating constantly into the nature of physicality and mentality. Maintain good, stable mindfulness. Always be looking and caring for our hearts. So when we contemplate death, what this is like is building up immunity um, and not being heedless. And we hear the news very frequently that this person's died and that person's died. And we contemplate into this. This is just how things are. But we don't contemplate in order to become scared, to become fearful, but rather we look with wisdom. We can ask ourselves, or this person who we hear about dying, did they know that they would die? Just one month ago, did they know that they would die now? And if they did, then what would they have done to prepare? What would they have used this last month of their life for? We go back, well, if they knew one year ago, two years ago, four years ago, five years ago, that these would be the last years of their life, what would they have done? What would they have spent that time on? And what about for ourselves? We don't know when we're going to die, do we? We don't know how we're going to die. Perhaps we'll die because of COVID. Perhaps we'll die because of the COVID vaccine. We just don't know. Maybe we'll die on the land, maybe in the water, maybe in the air. What age are we going to pass away? We don't know. But we do know that we will die. When we die, where will we go to next? We don't know. Where do we come from? We don't know. But we know that we must die for sure. And so we bring up this perception, this recollection into the impermanence and the unstable nature of life. How these things, they're a source of stress. They're not me, they're not mine. And in doing so, this is very close to wisdom. In contemplating death, it's very close to wisdom. But when we see things in this way, then the mind becomes very still and quiet and calm. And then after this, it starts to move and proliferate. It starts to say that this is a person who has died. This person is a male or a female, a human or an animal, that they're named such and such. And the mind here is creating these conventions. And so this happens after it comes out of this peaceful state, after it comes out of samadhi. And then there's this knowledge that arises as these thoughts come up. The mind is on top of things, so it's up to speed. And there's a great radiance to it when it gains this realization and is able to let go. It can let these things go, put the defilements down, gain an understanding into the Dhamma. And here there's a great ease within the mind. And so this knowledge it occurs little by little. We gather it up little by little in this way. And it gains great clarity after some time. And then we see the true benefits and the great qualities of the Dhamma, of the Buddha, of the Sangha. That when we practice following the Buddha's teachings, 
we really do gain results, this is true. That when we see the Dhamma, we see the Buddha with great clarity. So we should train ourselves and practice following the teachers, the teachings of the Buddha, because we've had this opportunity to listen to his Dhamma. So we put that into practice like this and do this every single day to really train ourselves to not be heedless. And we should think that death is coming in closer to us. And it's not sure. And so we should be heedful. And we respond by developing our hearts. And this is something that we can do. And we see that every day, people's lives are falling away like leaves from a tree. And so we should think that uh, we are approaching the very last period of our life, that these are our last moments. And so what should we do with those last moments? Well, we meditate a lot. We cultivate our minds a lot. And so may all of you set your hearts on this. <laughs>